0: Welcome to an inspirational message, recorded live at Little Falls Christian Centre. Father, how wonderful it is to know this is true. The grave is empty, and we wear the victor's crown because of an empty grave. And this morning we celebrate it. This whole weekend we've been celebrating this, Father. And so we pray in this day, Father, that the anointing of your Spirit will remain upon each and every single one of us, that there will be transformation and renewal in the resurrection of spirit, soul, and body in many ways, and that you will be glorified and lifted up high in this, because we know, Lord, our names are written in the heavens, and Christ paid the price for that. But He's alive, and so we are alive. We thank you for this, Father, and we all glory in this, And we say amen and amen. Thank you very much, Ben. Thank you so much. And good morning, everyone. It's wonderful to be in the house of God once again. And truly, it is not just this day. We've had the privilege of celebrating a weekend and how wonderful it was to see all these faces on Friday. It is a good weekend. A good Friday, and it's a good Sunday today. Because everything that we believe in rests upon this weekend of what had happened. It is said in the Gospels, or actually Paul writes it, he summarizes it all for us. And I read for you, and you don't have to turn in in, in your Bibles. You can just trust what I say when I read the Word of God, because it is God's Word. In the book of 1 Corinthians 15, it says this, verse 3 and verse 4, For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and He was buried, and that He rose again according to the Scriptures. And today we celebrate this. It's, today we summarize it all with Friday and with Sunday, and we put it all together. And this is what the gospel means to each and every single one of us. You see, we can never, we can never think that our Lord Jesus Christ was just a suffering servant because it would totally deplete what he did on the cross and why the grave is empty. Yes, he suffered, but there was victory in his suffering. It is what we believe in because if there was no empty tomb or an empty grave christ would have only died and we would have died we would have had no hope and there would have been no life there would have been no resurrection so when we take what happened on the friday what we celebrate as a good friday which was the crucifixion and that which we take with the resurrection you put them all together It is something that can never be taken away from the Christian. Because if this was not true, our faith would have been in vain. And I read for you all still, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 17. Listen what it says here. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. Your faith is in vain, in other words. And you are still in your sins. The death and the resurrection of Christ... You see, for the world, they think we are delirious. Some people used other words. I think there's a word nowadays they say they call the Christians nuts. Because how can we, contrary to everything that this world presents, how can we believe in a resurrection mathematically, medically, scientifically? When a person is dead, you're dead. How can it be that you, as the Christians, believe? that there's a resurrection. Those who are not saved, the agnostics, those who follow different faiths, the atheists have always struggled to comprehend how can these funny people believe in a resurrection? And we tell them, just go to this beautiful word Because if we read this, you will come to know that there are many resurrections in the word of God. Elijah resurrected the son of the widow of Zarephath. Elisha resurrected the son of the Shumanite woman. Peter resurrected Tabitha. Paul resurrected the young man whose fell asleep, and fell three stories. I think Eutychus is his name, but I, I'm under correction there. Our Lord Jesus raised up Jairus' daughter. He raised up Lazarus. Lazarus, In the book of Revelation 11, we read that the two witnesses, after they'll be lying in the streets for three and a half days, for public display, they will be resurrected. So resurrection is not a strange phenomenon for us as believers and as Christians. But then there came the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Totally different to every one of the other resurrections. Why is that? Because He is the resurrection of the first fruits. When He was resurrected, it was in a new body. A resurrected body. And it was also because He's the only one who could take sin and nail it to the cross. The power of sin was lost. And you see, we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we wait for things to happen three days. After three days, he was raised. But let me tell you something today. That moment that our Lord Jesus died on the cross, he had an appointment, and he went straight for Satan. He had an appointment with Satan that Satan did not know about. Because that moment, he went down to Satan's abode, to his place, and he took the keys of death of hell he took it there was no struggle there was no battle he took it when you have keys it means you have authority and you have power and he had those two keys and he set a train of captives free the departed souls of old They were led to the heavens. And even that man who was with him on the cross, who Christ then said to him, hanging on the cross, he said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. Not tomorrow, not next week, but today. So this happened immediately after his death. And he hasn't even resurrected us yet. Christ had to set things in place for you and for I. And then it came. Let me just clarify this before we come to the three days, after the three days, because forever, our Lord Jesus Christ, forever he reigns over death and the place of death. And when we are in Christ, we have nothing to fear, absolutely nothing, because He overcome. Some of you have been to Israel, and you've been to the garden tomb, and you know what's written there? It says there, "He is risen." a living Christ, a living God that we serve that puts us out of line with every other religion in this world, with only the religion who has got a resurrected Christ, a living God whom we serve. But then, after three days, a body was lying in the grave, and he was dead. And we have to understand this. Jesus' body was dead. It was a corpse lying there, lifeless. The heart was not beating. There was no oxygen in the body. It was dead. His body was dead. But then the Holy Spirit entered into that tomb. And when He entered into that tomb, everything changed. Because Christ the Lord was risen. And everything changed. And with that, it always will silence what the world thinks because they think, how can we believe in a resurrection? And we say to them, how can you think that Christ could be held in a grave? How can you think that God would be silenced and remain in the grave? Because the power of the Holy Spirit will resurrect all of us. The time will come that that will happen. All of us will be resurrected and Christ is the forerunner of that. This is the power of the resurrected body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because when he rose from the grave, he was in an edified, and a glorified body. And he's seated in the heavens right next to the Father. And what is evident is that Christ has, he's got marks and wounds and scars on his body. The disciples all saw it when he appeared to them. Thomas put his hand in those scars. And now that same resurrected body with the scars are sitting at the throne next to the father. And the father looks at this and he sees the price my son paid. And the father knows the price that he paid. Because never will we ever understand what it meant for the father to send his son for all of us. And when the father looks at that, his son, that resurrected body with the scars and with the wounds then only does he execute mercy unto us on the earth. Then he pours out his grace and his forgiveness because he remembers when he sees what his son went through. Because now being seated right next to him, a living God gives a living people who are saved, he gives them his living mercy, his living grace, and his living resurrection from the dead. Because there are many people in the world that are alive, but they are dead. And we who are saved, we know the power of that resurrection. You see, when our Lord Jesus was raised from the grave, he sa- it says in the Word of God, He was the first fruit of the resurrection. Not the only fruit, the first fruit. That means other fruit was to come. And here they sit. And here we are. And those who are listening, we are the next fruit. That is coming because of the first fruit of the resurrection. And the day will come that all of us will be resurrected into the same glorified body as Christ. And we've got to understand this. We were dead in every possible way because of sin. Spirit, soul, and body. Our souls were wicked. We were thinking evil and we were doing evil. And upon our salvation through the works of Christ, believing in Him, our souls were renewed. It says in the Word of God that... Our minds are not ours anymore. We have the mind of Christ. That's why it says in Romans 12, verses 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So our souls were made new. Our spirits were dead because flesh reigned. And when the Holy Spirit came, only because of what the risen Christ had done, our spirits connected with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our pacemaker. He resuscitated our death's Our dead spirits. And that is why we can confess Christ and live a, a, a Christ life. So soul and spirit was resurrected. They all came into newness of life. It's still the body. The body is still the body as we see it as it is. The body too will come when the body will be resurrected in newness. And that only was made available because Christ, as the first fruit, was resurrected in a new body. And the new glorified body means that we will be restored to the original state of the image of God, of how it was supposed to be before sin came. This is still awaiting us. So two-thirds of the work is done, and the third is still coming. That day when the resurrection comes, that day when God comes to fetch us through His Son, that day when our bodies will, in a blink of an eye, will become a glorified body, just like Christ. Because in that body, there is no more death. There is no sin there's no corruption. There's no thirst and a hunger for the things of this world. It is a glorified body. When Christ was raised from the dead, it happened on one day, and it was Resurrection Sunday, the first day. Of the week, And forever we as Christians will celebrate a Sunday as the day of the Lord. Not any other day, a Sunday. Because this is the day that we as Christians celebrate as our Sabbath. This is the day that Jesus was raised from the dead. And this is the day that the Spirit was poured out at Pentecost. It's always by witness, two or more. So whenever somebody questions you, why do you believe contrary to the word of God and that you celebrate your Sabbath on a Sunday? Simple answer. We don't conform to the law of old anymore. Christ made all things new. He is the new covenant based on new promises. Therefore, the Sunday when he was resurrected is our holy day. And every single Sunday, it will be our Sabbath. And when you get saved, be careful. Because it has happened, and we in the church, we are the leadership, we've heard it in many ways, that when people get saved, they become so entrenched in the Word of God that they start realizing there's Hebrew roots and there's Jewish customs. And many people are drawn away to start falling back in the Jewish customs and religions of old. Christ died for all of that. You cannot become more saved or more holy by trying to celebrate the things of old. Christ made all things new. This is the day that the Lord has made for us as Christians to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And forever the Sunday will stand as the day of the Lord, our Sabbath, as Christ followers. Amen. Amen. And then the day came. And the stone was rolled away. The stone was rolled away. What happened on that day when the stone was rolled away? Backtrack just three days prior to that. When our Lord Jesus died on the cross, there was an earthquake. And the veil was torn. And God forever, forever pulled away the curtain of separation between Jew and Gentile. God said there would be no more separation. Christ died for all. Three days later, an angel came. There was an earthquake, and he rolled away the the, the stone. He rolled away the stone. The stone was rolled away, also an earthquake. Why was the stone rolled away? Was it for Jesus to come out? Absolutely not. He was in his resurrected body. Do you think he needed a stone to be open for him to come out? The resurrected body is no more confined to to matter or to atoms or to molecules. Jesus proved that when he met with the disciples, he walked through the walls into a a room. The stone that was rolled away wasn't for Jesus to come out. It was for us to go in because God has now rolled away the stone of reproach, of punishment and of sin. And God is inviting us into, into that empty tomb. First of all, to see that He's alive, because the grave is empty. Because who came into that that empty tomb? It was Mary Magdalene, some other woman, which they name, and then the two disciples came, uh, uh, Peter and John. It was for the world to see. There was no secret that the grave is empty. Our Lord Jesus died in a known grave. It was Joseph's grave, it wasn't an unknown grave. And in those days, when the grave was opened, it was for the enemy to come in and plunder whatever else was in the tomb. God opened the, the tomb himself to invite us in, into a life of truth and resurrection. Reproach has been rolled away. Why is it that it was women who were the first witnesses that came in? Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, and there was another woman. I think it's your Anna, I'm not mistaken. But the women were the first witnesses. Because in Jewish custom, the witness of a woman had no power or authority. They disregarded the witness of a woman. A woman was never called to testify in a court of law according to Jewish custom. And God said, when He rolled the stone away, I confirm what I did three days ago when the veil was torn. I have no favorites. Christ died for all mankind. And God proved that by the witness of two or more, irrespective if it's man or woman, He would receive that. And that would be the testimony that Christ is risen. The stone was rolled away and the proof is that the grave is empty. And forever our punishment is rolled away. And forever we are united with God and nothing can separate that from us. Amen. Amen. How wonderful is our God. Now when there's when the stone was rolled away, everything changed for us. Everything changed for us. Because when we come to the truth concerning all of this, we realize that God brings judgment. And this is the thing that many of us don't realize. The resurrection of Jesus Christ brings judgment. And the word of God says that. And I want you to go to the book of John. And this is what I want us to read together. The book of John, chapter 5. And we're going to read there, well, you can read the whole portion in your own time if you want, from verse 22 to verse uh, 30, but we're only going to read a couple of scriptures there. So the book of John, we're going to read verse 22, and then we'll read a few more other verses. Verse 22 says this, for the Father judges no one. But he has committed all judgment unto who? His son. Jesus has now been given the authority and the right to judge by the Father. Verse 24, But most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment. But he has passed from death into life. So this judgment coming that our Lord Jesus is going to be the judge. But if we believe in Jesus, we will pass that judgment because we've moved from death into life. Now verse 27 to 29. And God has given him, Jesus' authority authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. But do not marvel at this. For the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Every person that have died is going to be resurrected. Every person, those who are saved and those who are sinners, those who have done good, they will be resurrected to life. And those who have done evil, they will be resurrected to condemnation. So there's a resurrection that is coming for every person. And we will appear before God's Son for that judgment. Let's go to the book of Acts. I want you to go to the book of Acts chapter 17. And we're going to read there only two verses. And once again, you can read more verses there that describes this. This is actually from verse 22 to 31. But I just want to read these two verses. Acts 17, verse 30 and 31. And this is Paul that's writing this. And you would think, why Paul? Well, Paul gives in the book of 1 Corinthians 15 so many accounts of witnesses that saw the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He says, and lastly, he himself saw him. There were the 500. There were the, the woman at the tomb. There were the disciples. And afterwards, he would appear to the eight disciples. And afterwards, he would appear to those when he fed them fish. Many people saw him. So it's, A witness. It is not a secret. There were witnesses to this. Now verse 30. The book of Acts 17. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked. But now commands all men everywhere to repent. There was a time where mankind lived in sin and God overlooked it. But since his son came, he said that those days are over. Those days are over because of what Christ did. Now we need to repent. And then he says, verse 31. Because... God has appointed a day on which He will judge the world in righteousness by the man Christ whom He has ordained. And He has given assurance of this all by raising Him from the dead. The resurrection of Christ has put in place a judgment that will come upon all men, those who are saved or unsaved. This is the proof. That the empty tomb says judgment is coming, all of us and those who have done evil, they should fear that day. Because listen, to what it says in the Greek when it says you those who have done evil, it says those who have done evil, it says they have practiced repeatedly and habitually wickedness. And those who have done good, it says in the Greek, explaining it says those who committed themselves repeatedly to live. A virtuous life. You see, for us as Christians, there's no fear of this judgment to come. Those who have followed the evil ways, those who have refused, and those who have decided to remain in ignorance, denying an empty cross and that Jesus is the living Son of God, they are going to suffer the judgment of God and they will receive their allotment to that. But us who are saved, We don't fear that judgment because at that judgment, we will receive our eternal inheritance. Christ said to his disciples, I am leaving, I am going away to prepare a place for you so that when I return, he's going to return. The proof is an empty grave. A person who is dead cannot return. Only a person who is alive can return. And we will receive our eternal inheritance because of what Christ has done. The last part of this morning's message concerning the resurrection of Christ is this. The resurrection, from God's point of view, is incomplete. And let me qualify what I'm saying. Whatever Christ did concerning the resurrection, the works, that is complete. That has been done. Everything is set in motion for that to happen. But what is incomplete from where God stands is the outcome of the resurrection. Because though his son had been raised, seated on the throne right next to him, God is still waiting for us. It is only complete when we meet up with Him in the heavens and are there in the heavens eternally with Him. The works that Christ did is finished and it is complete, but the effect of it is still us living on the earth. And God is looking forward to the day that we will meet up with Him. We, His offspring, His children, those who received what Jesus Christ did and believed in it and lived in accordance with that. The church, the body of Christ, God in the heavens are waiting for this and with anticipation and with anxiety he's waiting because he wants to have his children with him. What father, what parent doesn't want to have their children with him? So you can you can almost imagine the agony of God saying, how long will these people keep in their wicked ways? Because the only reason why Christ has not come as yet is because there are names that are not written in the Lamb's book of life. They have not answered the call and they have not repented of their sins. And this is the Body of Christ, this is the work that is lying ahead for all of us. We have to continue with the work that God has set before us. Because Christ, being the head, can do nothing without the body. And Christ himself is waiting in the heavens. That his body connects up with the head. He wants us. He paid for us. He wants us with him and he's left us here to do the work that he has done so that the last person's name must come and be written in the Lamb's book of life so that he can return and take us all away. And he's looking at us. This is our responsibility. The resurrection of Jesus Christ with an empty tomb has left the work for us. What are we doing? He's given us the mandate and all the authority to do it because He left His Holy Spirit with us. That same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is here with all of us and in all of us who are saved and in the church today, we must do the signs and the wonders and the miracles in Jesus Christ's holy name because then the church is alive. Then the church is resurrected and do the works of God. That is the power of a risen Christ. We will be judged, but we won't fear the judgment. The work is completed when we are met up with our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, child of God, son and daughter of the Most High God. If we understand the power of an empty tomb, a stone that was rolled away, God welcomed us in into his world. No longer does the world have anything on us because when we walk out there in the world, they may think that we are delirious, but we still say today, how can you think that anything could keep Christ in the grave because it would make this book illegitimate and false. And we know it is not so because you and I, we are the living testimony that Christ is alive because we live by those standards. This world is happening with all its evil and all its chaos that is surrounded by us, all of us our testimony to that. It happens all around, all of us, wherever we are. But this evil and chaos will not overcome us because we have already overcome through Christ. We live in this world with that victory, that Christ who was risen, we've already been raised up in spirit. We've already been raised up in soul. Our bodies will soon be raised up and the fullness of that will be completed because Christ set it in motion. Eternity is our destination because Christ is waiting for us. The Father is waiting for us. And we should look forward to that day. Hallelujah. Let's stand and give the Lord a praise offering. Amen. Let's stand. Yes. Let's give God our praise offering. We celebrate this, remain standing, we'll be closing. It's amazing how quickly the time do go. We are standing and soon we will be seated with our God. Forever, but forever, this holy day, the resurrection Sunday, it can never mean the same again to us ever again. For us as believers, this is the day, the Lord's day that have set us apart from everyone in this world and we do not boast in this we invite all of those out there come come and see the stone has been rolled away all of us have entered in the veil had been torn and all of us all of us have entered into the heavenly courts god has invited us in we enter his throne of grace what a place it is because this is our eternal inheritance Let's raise our hands to the heavens. Holy Father God, what words can we say apart from thank you? Thank you for what you did. Thank you for what your Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus did. Thank you for what your Holy Spirit is doing in us. In all of this, Father, we look forward to meet up with you and your Holy Son, to be in the heavens, to take up our eternal inheritance that was, that was made available for us through the resurrected Jesus Christ. And now, Father, everyone here, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that your grace and your mercy shall be upon all. And, Father, that you would bless them in their coming in and their going out. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit will be with us now and forevermore eternally. We thank you for this, Lord. May you be lifted up high. We pray and ask this in the holy name of Jesus Christ and all of God's people agree and we say amen. Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.